Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. in your heart you want to hunt gangsters demon traffickers i'm your man all right hello welcome everybody to another episode of weird west radio rayman digital's exclusive western podcast my name is michael of course and i'm in the studio with clint hello clint well hello michael all right so in this episode we're going to be discussing and breaking down the TV series simply titled Deputy. Now, we're not going to discuss the series in its entirety. We're going to focus our discussion on specifically the pilot episode itself. But I did watch full disclosure here. I have watched, I believe, six or seven episodes so far. Oh, wow. So my perspective and overall thoughts will more than likely include those elements. So to say this discussion solely on the <laughs> pilot uh, isn't completely honest. I know you. That'll have- just be on my side. <laughs> right. So you've only watched one episode, yep, right? I only watched the pilot. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to get into spoiler territory, and it's not even really that kind of a show anyways. It's a bit of a procedural, so you don't have that major serialized myth arc that retains any type of mystery. Uh, There is a narrative thread that keeps the series cohesive, which is established in the pilot, and is essentially the setup for the series, or the hook, as those old-school TV writers call, call it. Now... On February 5th, 2019, it was announced that Fox had given the production a pilot order. The pilot was written by Will Biel and David Ayer, who executive produces alongside with Chris Long and Barry Shindell. Production companies involved with the pilot include Entertainment One and Fox Entertainment. Now, on May 9th, 2019, it was announced that Fox had given the series to order. A few days later, it was announced that the series would premiere as a mid-season replacement in the spring of 2020. So this just launched just a couple months ago at the start of the year. Now, just to set the tone here, this is not a traditional Western by any means. It's not even a period piece. Uh, The Deputy is what I would call a contemporary Western. The main character is governed by the classic cowboy archetype. That typical romanticized idea of an honorable man with a badge and a gun with ideas of justice, 
and independence. And the setup is quite simple. Written by Beale and directed by David Ayer, Deputy is a modern cop drama that blends the spirit of a classic Western with a modern day attitude and gritty authenticity. Let's ixnay on the authenticity, eh? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. Uh, With the Los Angeles County's sheriff dies, an arcane rule forged back in the Wild West thrusts the most unlikely man into the job. A fifth generation lawman played by Stephen Dorff. More comfortable taking down bad guys than navigating a sea of politics. He leads a skilled team of ambitious and complicated human beings who won't rest until justice is served. I'm going to just get this out of the way from the get-go. This show does use the current political landscape to craft a few of the episodes that I've watched, including the pilot. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is a fairly standard rule of practice with regular network television, your CBSs, your ABCs, Fox. Uh, so what makes sense? You know, they have to craft shows for the mainstream. You got to real. you got to remember that the people watching broadcast TV is sometimes 10 to, you know, 20 times the amount, if not a hundred percent, the amount of say a Netflix show or a Hulu show. A typical Hulu show, a typical Netflix show, maybe it's being streamed by, I don't know, under a million as average for a semi-successful show, maybe 700,000 to 1.3. I mean, network television is bringing in anywhere between 4 to 12 million. Okay, so you have to abide by certain rules. You got to craft episodes that can appeal to the masses in specific demographics. This isn't streaming services that are more niche uh, unless, of course, you're talking about Netflix, that's kind of managed to kind of branch out. It's not as niche as it maybe could have been or could have been described as maybe seven, eight years ago. Now, Clint, I'm sure you picked up on those political vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on the show? Overall, in a nutshell, well, the thing that I was kind of hoping and I think it was because I read a few reviews, they were saying the next Longmire, um, you know, um, and so I think it's I had my not hopes that. <laughs> really high. Yeah. And that came to a crashing halt when I started watching. Um, this is nothing like Longmire. No. I, I, sorry for anybody who listens and think it is. It's not. It's far beyond that. Longmire had a more realistic reason for its tough guy, right? This is, it's very testosterone filled. And I understand that it's, it's trying to appeal to a bunch of people and try to grab something out there, but I don't like the over macho type. I like real. If it's going to be like this, authentic, authentic, yeah. And one thing I I do like though, and I will give them total props for, I like the cinematography. I yeah. thought they it was almost like you were watching a a, a movie in some spots where because it was just it was pretty cool. And it has a big budget, yeah. And I like I like Stephen Dwarf. I I've liked him in 
just about everything I've seen him in. Um, yeah, same. And this is kind of a bummer. It was kind of, for me, uh, like I said, it just was kind of over the top at points. And then there's they try to throw in that family vibe to it. And it just was, this is just off the first episode. But it, yeah. it was very, there was something amiss for me. And I, and again, I'm just going to preface this once more, one more time. I, yeah. I, I went in thinking this was like a Longmire because some of our Longmire, uh, people were talking about, oh, the next Longmire. And I went in and yeah. I, uh, I had a preconceived notion of <laughs> that's what it was going to be. And it was not. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with your thoughts there. I feel like Steven Dorff is the saving grace of the show because he does manage to take some of those moments that are written very heavy handed. And when I mean heavy handed, it's those inauthentic cowboy moments. Yeah. He manages to take them and make it work. But sometimes I feel like they're coming from out of nowhere. Like, well, we didn't really work our way up to that. You know, it's like one minute I'm a regular guy. The next I'm like, I'm a cowboy. Yeah. I mean, he's I'm driving a, through the alleys of California, I believe, with sunglasses, a yeah. cowboy hat, and taking his, uh, again, Bronco, <laughs> like Longmire. Maybe that's where we got it from. And he's yeah. and he's just, he's reckless, you know? And I'm like, I, you know, I I don't know. I It's okay, but so, it's, I struggled with it while I watched. And like I, I think I told you off the air, it took me three days to watch it because I needed a breather after a while. It was yeah. pretty heavy. I, I don't disagree with you. Especially with the authentic aspect and the comparison to Longmire is whoever did that should be smacked because it's it's nothing like Longmire. And the difference between a true Western and a faux Western is that you don't force those Western elements because it's just a part of the story. It's organic. But when you have those classic moments that you can point to and say, oh, look it, that's a Western. Well, how do you know? Because he has boots on. (laughs) Like, that doesn't make a Western. It's my beef with the first few episodes of The Mandalorian. Everyone was calling it a space Western. I'm like, just because you had the the riding and roping scene where he's roping an alien and he learns to bond with this alien and suddenly it lets him ride off into the sunset over the mountains doesn't make it a Western. It had those red sign moments where, hey, guys, look, look, this is a Western. And I feel like you could say that about various moments in Deputy. Hey, guys, red sign, red arrow is pointing. This is this is a Western. You get it. You see what he's doing. He's he is uh, he quoted Val Kilmer from Tombstone in the opening 30 seconds. (laughs) And then he lassoed a car, essentially. Those are the moments I feel like hurt the pilot episode because they weren't needed. Because once you got past some of those insincere Western moments, I was able to enjoy the show. And I understand why they choose to do so or or why they chose to do certain things like that. It's because for the masses, the non, you know, Western enthusiasts, that's going to signal to them what they're watching. Sure. 
Well, then let me ask you this. I don't mean to cut you off, but let me ask you this. No, go for it. When you go after, let's say the second, third, fourth, fifth episode, yeah, are we looking at a better show? Mm, I don't think it gets, I think you get used to it. You you have to know what you're watching. This isn't Longmire. This is Hawaii Five-0 with boots okay. and spurs. Okay. It's a procedural cop show on Fox. And I think if you know what you're watching, you can get behind it and enjoy it for what it is. That being said, let's talk about some of the political stuff, political aspects that may pull out some of the traditional Western fans, because we all know that us Western fans don't like to be preached to about politics. Very, very seldom do you have a Western fan that can get behind a Western with liberal politics. And there is a lot of liberal politics in this episode. Uh, it, it gets political, but it veers from being preachy. And I think that's where it scores points with me is that, yes, they're stating an idea, but they're not pointing down to you saying this is how you must think. The whole idea, you have to remember, the whole idea is that this deputy is virtuous and fair and is all about the law. The classic literary romantization of the cowboy and the West. He's a man from another time born in the wrong century. He's waged a war against the politics and politician that hampers progress. These individuals and their policies are put above fairness in his eyes. And to use our protagonist's words in the show, they've lost their way. And the idea is for him, we are here to serve and protect and put away the bad guys. He's very simple. He's a cowboy. That's the idea. So, yes, you can point and say the pol politics is very liberal, but it's more about black and white. And I do like that part. There's a simplicity to his ideology. It is not complex and possibly you could even call it naive. And that's the point. He's black and white, right and wrong. And so his politics are governed by this rule of thought. And because of this mentality, he's created a lot of enemies and that's essentially the backdrop of the show. But the hook is he becomes the boss overnight because of a technicality or an arcane law. As the synopsis says, a simple man must learn to look at the complexities of politics without losing himself in the process. So the hook and the concept I love, which is what I read before I actually watched the episode, oh, which I was going to say the the part where they swear him in underneath that bridge. Yeah. And he fires that dude. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, that was pretty cool. So he's like, that's it. Yep. So now you can now I could do what I got to do. Yep. You're fired. <laughs> so that stuff was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, cause who wouldn't do that? Right. You know, these guys are literally five minutes ago, busting your balls, yep. trying to make you lose your they job. They have really you on. Well. Yeah, they have you on trial. You're essentially going to lose your badge because you're you're playing in cowboy out there. And then suddenly you're thrust into the position of power. And now they have no power over you. You're now their boss. Yeah, you're their bitch. I love the concept. The concept is is Western. And I feel like it lost itself possibly from concept, possibly even script into production and then onto screen 
because originally the show was going to be run by another individual. Mm. Yeah, because the the show is run by Kimberly Harrison, who originally began on Lee Daniels' co-created show Star as a supervising producer and then spent the following two seasons as the co-executive executive producer. She also spent 10 seasons writing on Criminal Minds. She's not a bad writer. She's a factory television writer. Now, Will Bial, I'm hoping I say his name correctly, is the creator. He wrote the pilot. And he's the one who hired the team, got the directors involved, David Ayer. And then for some reason, he left the project. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. He left the project and then one of his producers, Kimberly Harrison, took the position. And looking at their work, Kimberly Harrison probably should not be doing a Western. And I think that's probably why the show loses itself. Because you read that concept and you can't you can't help but want to watch that if you're a Western fan. Right. When you read that concept, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a through, that's an elevator pitch. If, if I was an executive for, let's say Paramount and someone were to read the, the, the synopsis to me that a lawman gets pushed into the position of power because of some arcane law and becomes the boss of all of his enemies. I'm like, let's make that tomorrow. (laughs) And you're telling me this is a Western? I mean, that that's awesome. So I think the original concept probably would have been fine if possibly Will Bial had stayed on the project. I mean, this is a guy that had actually worked as a former police officer for the Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, he was a detective. That would have helped. Yes. He also is best known for writing the script for, for the film's gangster squad which is a great fucking gangster flick he wrote the 2018 aquaman and he also worked on bill paxton's last tv series that only lasted one season because he died and it was training day the tv series and that was a pretty good damn show and it, it was on cbs and it only got canceled because bill paxton died suddenly if you remember Mm-hmm. So this guy, when you see his name, the projects he's worked on, and then you read the concept for Deputy, you're like, yes, I'm in. But then he leaves the project, and and we don't know why. Maybe he was butting heads with Fox. Maybe they wanted him to push liberal politics or politics, and maybe he just didn't want to do that. And yes, you got when you're dealing with a deputy or sheriff of Los Angeles, guess what? There's going to be politics. If you weren't, mm-hmm. to, if you weren't delving into politics within the Los Angeles scene, that would also feel insincere. And that could have been the, the biggest problem because it is a California show. Yeah. You know, about California. So, I mean, yeah. maybe like you said, they're probably trying to push their own little agenda and he's like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. And that happens. Absolutely happens. Now, he has stayed on as an executive producer, but he is not involved in any of the day to day. It's completely being run by 
uh, Kimberly Harrison. So this is factory television. And what, why, what I mean by that is it's not, I mean, don't expect Netflix or HBO type writing. This is written as a procedural. You have the case or scenario of the week. We move through it within a four to five act structure while building out the ongoing story pertaining to the deputy and his divisive relationship with the local politicians and colleagues. It's simple. However, I will say in my case here, speaking for myself now, I will say the simplicity is welcomed. Uh, I'm a bit burnt out on some of these pseudo intellectuals that call themselves showrunners and television writers that focus so much time doing nothing. Right. Mood set. We've talked about this recently, Clint. Mood setting for like three or four episodes. And you look back and you try to figure out what has transpired over the last few episodes and you realize nothing has. (laughs) I mean, in this new era of television, it seems like a lot of these new writers who have not been forged by fire within the network studio system and, and they just don't know how to write a tidy episode. And that is also where this show scores points with me is a very tidy show that moves from a to B to C to E very seamlessly and it's fluid and you're not dilly dallying around. Yep. And I can say that for the other six, seven episodes that I've watched. Okay. I, I I'll, I'll probably try another couple episodes if that's, you know, if that's kind of the, the way they go. It's a simple show, very simple. And for me, I've been kind of, I know this sounds bad. I don't know if this is a, a backhanded compliment, but I like having those one or two simple shows sure. that I can push play and completely check out. It's a great form of escapism and just, hey, I'm going to watch something. I totally dig Steven Dorf. There's some shoot 'em up. There is a story that's not completely insulting. There's a level of skill that is involved in writing the episode. I'll watch this. I'll kick back and and relax and not have to overthink. Because, again, there's so many TV shows out there now that require a lot of brain power. The days of being able to kick back you know, with a beer or some wine and, and put your feet up. It, it doesn't really exist anymore with, with modern television because you have to pay careful attention. And I love it. I love, I love having those shows as well, but then you, you need those one or two shows that you can just kind of check out. Yep. And that's one thing that for me, I, I like, like I, I go way back. I go to like gun smoke, especially the 30 minute ones, because it's, it's 30 minutes. It's, it's, like you said, point A to point B, you know who's going to win. I mean, really in the end, but you can relax and take it easy and do your, do whatever, just hang out. And then you, then like we've discussed Westworld before, and it actually got to the point you loved how you had to kind of think about stuff and all that, but then they try to <laughs> underdo it. You know what I mean? Overdo it. Season oh, yeah, two was excuse like, me, overdo was it. like, how can we fool you by fooling you yeah. by fooling you? And that, and like, that actually gets insulting because then it, then you're not even trying. It reminds me of smart. that. It's uh, just that, stupid. Yeah. It reminds me of that, that uh, television show lost. It says it in the title. 
And I've said that before. And that's, yeah. that's the part I don't like. I don't like when you're, you're, I'm watching the, the show and it feels like you're writing it as I'm watching it. You know, oh, no, people you're are not supposed to do that. Yeah, I don't think so. And so I get what you're saying about you. You just it's not even you're you're not putting down the show. It's just nice to have that that show that you can you know what you're going to get and you can just watch it and enjoy it and forget about everything else. Yeah. And I enjoy watching Stephen Dorff. I'm. I'm a Steven Dorf guy. Like I dig his work. I, I don't follow his career like a super fan by any means, but the films and TV shows I've seen him in, I always like him. I don't think I've ever watched something with him in it where I'm just like, yeah, that sucked. Deuce is wild. Dude. I love Deuce is wild. I, I don't know if you're cool. joking. That movie's awesome. Yep. Uh, blade where he played Deacon Frost, the main <sighs> yes. villain. Dude, that to me might be his best performance. Because he was just evil and over the top. Dude, it was so he was so convincingly over the top and bad. Yep. It was so good. And then the movie before that, that uh, Blade was 1998. And then the year prior, 1997, he uh, was in City of Industry, which I love that film. That's a noir film with with, uh, Harvey Keitel. Okay. So then you have Deuces Wild. Alone in the Dark. Um, he also had a stint on True Detective. In fact, that's was that was the project he was last on before Deputy from HBO. He wasn't in. Um, uh, is it si- not Signs? Is it Signs? With where he had to hit the water. That doesn't sound familiar. God damn it! Signs. I gotta look it up. Go ahead. All right. Tell me what it is. Let me uh, let me go through his movies here because he's been in so many things. He is and he's what you call an, uh, a working actor. This guy has not gone more than six months without a job. Deuces Wild, Steel, Fear.com, Den of Lions, Cold Creek Manor. Jeez, oh, I was way off. Sorry. What, I'm what is it? I'm embarrassed at this point. What it film were you talking Phoenix. about? Oh, not even. Oh, you're. Oh, come on. Not even close. No, not even close. <laughs> Cheers to me. <laughs> That's not even. They don't even look the same, dude. No, not even close. Wow. Suck it. Uh, he was also in the Michael Mann film, Public Enemies. Oh, yeah. I like that film. I'm a big Michael Mann fan as well. He, he's good. He's not always in those big, big roles, but in the roles he plays, he's he's definitely convincing at what he does. And that's why I say he does. He plays this role of a sheriff, in my opinion, pretty damn well, even during those moments that the writer hands him, you know, those heavy handed Western over the top moments. Instead of making me cringe, he makes them work. I do feel like the writing's a little stiff and a little on the nose when it comes to those Western moments, but he takes it and he delivers that, you know, if this is even possible, he delivers the inauthenticity of the writing and makes it feel more authentic Sure, because he's a good actor. I mean, he is the reason that why I decided to even give this show a shot. I was like, Oh, Steven Dorff in a Western where he plays a deputy. All right, I'll check it out. 
the director of the pilot was David Ayer, so they had some big names attached. His biggest claim to fame was the 2018 Suicide Squad film. Oh, wow. That he had directed. But he also wrote a couple other cop films, and that's why I feel like there was a whole other project originally planned. A whole other project, I feel, was originally planned for for Deputy, and then it changed. And possibly that's the reason why they both kind of went separate ways, because David Ayer is also an executive producer on the project. Hmm. So it seems like, uh, ah, what's his name? Will, uh, what's the writer's name? Will Biel and David Ayer had a very specific direction they wanted to take the series, because this is the guy that wrote Training Day. Okay. Wow. Wrote the original Training Day. He wrote Dark Blue, which I absolutely love. It's that corrupt cop film uh, that stars Kurt Russell yes. about the L.A. riots. I fucking love that movie. That movie's great. Then he wrote the 2003 SWAT remake. Loved that movie. He then he wrote Harsh Times, Harsh Times. with Christian Bale. I don't think Christian I've seen Bale. That one. Dude, it is good. Really good. He also directed that. He also wrote End of Watch, which is another cop like gritty cop film. So this guy does some pretty damn good work. So when you throw David Ayer and William B. All together, you have the ingredients to make a, a really damn great TV series. And that's why I'm a little surprised at how light this feels. This feels Western light. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. You have these creators that are very gritty with their styles. And then here we are with a series that possibly maybe it would have done better on FX rather than Fox. Kind of like a justified. Yeah. I feel like they would have had a little more free reign to kind of veer away from the, 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 pol- the political, I don't want to call it soapboxing because it doesn't feel that way, but maybe veer away from some of the episode to episode politics, yeah. the, you know, the pol- the political hurdle of the week, if you will. Yeah. And, and just focused on Stephen Dorff and, uh, this wall of politicians that he faces. I mean, that would have been a more interesting story rather than focusing on, you know, political turmoil of the week. Well, that was another thing that kind of threw me was that we were going from, you know, his side of everything going on to some people trying to have a baby to the guy in the jail. And it, it seemed very bouncing around. And like you just mentioned, it would have been nice to stick with him for maybe just to get us going for the pilot at least. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, we've introduced those people. Now we can see what they're doing and vice versa. And maybe I got a little lost, but I know I went in tainted. So I probably should give this another shot. But I, I think that was kind of the problem for me anyway, as far as, you know, we're, we were kind of bouncing around between players in this. And I, I think that's kind of my, one of my gripes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to, to have seen this on FX. In fact, that was some of the uh, hashtags that I saw when I was uh, preparing for today's discussion on social media. It seems like a lot of people feel the same way as I do. There's a lot of potential. You have all the ingredients, but th- this is the general general consensus. Man, this should have been on FX. Oh, wow. Because they feel like the show could have done a little 
a little better. I guess it would have come off better if you put a little more edginess to it, I guess. Not on that prime time TV, not normal TV. Right. Yeah. So you could have kept the, the tidy writing and the, um, you know, moving from A to B to C and, and still had, you know, something for FX. I mean, you brought up Justified. Justified is a perfect example of an excellently written show that's very tidy, that keeps everything moving. Uh, the plot and the act structure is very concise. And and at times it was a procedural. Yep. So. And I mean, when you when you get a cast of characters like Justified, you know, I never heard of. Uh, I forgot his his name. He played Boyd, um, Walter Goggins. Oh yeah. You know, I'd never heard of him up until that point, and I thought he was. I think he's wonderful. You know, so when you maybe that could have done that for some of these people on this show too. Never know. Yeah, for sure. But that also might be part of the problem. Is there any other breakout stars in this show? Not that I'm aware of. I have not. Nobody that sticks out. Yeah. And I think I do like, let me take that back. Who's his partner? Um, He's a pretty known face. Um, Brian Van Holt that plays Detective Cade Ward. He's the, the guy with the beard. Oh, he's fairly known and he's a good actor. And I actually like his character even later in the pilot. He, he's he's not as uh, memorable, uh, but in later episodes, you start learning more about him. And I do like his character. There's just not enough. OK, but when it comes to all the other characters, I feel like the doctor, you know, the sheriff's wife, Paula Reyes, eh, she's just there. Like, she's not a bad actor by any means. It's just, eh. I love that she got him kicked out, though. Oh, yeah. That was pretty, that was, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty cool. I would like, listen, I'm the sheriff. Yeah. And she's like, I don't give a shit. Get out. You're going to need a doctor soon, bitch. Yeah. Don't make me punch you. Yeah, right. That, dude, you're not going to ever punch a Mexican woman. She will, (laughs) she, she will take control. Well, you got to sleep at some point. They're not, they're not stupid. Yeah. You get close them eyes. Um, you have Bex Taylor Claus. She plays the uh, sheriff's assistant. And I don't mind her. I actually have seen her. Uh, I've seen her in other projects and I like her quite a bit. But even in this, it's just kind of, oh, okay. I, I don't think anyone has enough. And at least in the pilot, there's just not enough for them. They they come off as just background noise. Well, or, I think they were trying to fill it up so quick so you get interested in it. Possibly. You know, yeah. and I I I I just love your idea of just having it of him for that first episode, first hour, so we get to know him, then we start throwing in some players. It just seemed very rushed. Like from the point where I didn't care that he walked out of the damn courtroom, right? I mean, so he's getting reprimanded. Let me see what he's getting reprimanded for. And then we go to the trial and then we can, he gets sworn in, you know, get, maybe build that up a little more so that you're like, oh yeah, now he's going to be, you know what I mean? Just to kind of seal the deal. And that could have been even at the end, but you know. Yeah. 
Hindsight. Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm just a reviewer. I'm not a writer. It's a pilot episode. You're not wrong. You have very good ideas, and it could have worked better if they focused more on it. Because I didn't have a problem with the writing per se, but there is an argument to be made that they could have spent more time with him. He's Stephen fucking Dorf. Arguably the biggest. He is the yes. biggest name. Like <laughs> we should have spent more time with him. His face Let is on the cover, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I pilots are all, especially for network TV, pilots are all, all about setting up the players and the complete concept, you know, so that the the channel surfer will be like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. I know what I'm in for. If this was designed for FX or maybe even, say, Netflix, then you probably would have not had a pilot that wanted to cover this much ground. It's a catch-22, man. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because... You know, I'm burnt out on some of those Netflix shows and, and Hulu shows and Amazon shows where they are very slow at going. Yeah. So to have something like this, it's it is a welcome reprieve, but you also have to know what you're watching. It, a lot of us have become jaded and we're used to ingesting these these different types of shows now. A lot of a lot of people are patient now with these one, you know, these four episodes in and you don't even know what what we're doing. So I, I think people just need to know what they're getting into. This is this is a standard cop procedural dressed with Western fluff. Hashtag not Longmire. No, it's definitely not not even close. <laughs> you know what? Let's jump into the saloon here. Let's weasel our way around ice and some illegal Mexicans. <laughs> I'm just saying they, they were they, they had a part to play in the pilot. So. Yep, they did. Yeah, um, let's squeeze on through. Was there any hot, attractive ladies in here? I not really. Okay, well then uh, we will we'll play it safe this yeah. week and yeah, no groping. Nope. All right, so let's belly up to the bar. What's your RMD grade? Your RMD score. And how many, um, no, we don't do that. We don't do shots. No, we're, that's over, bud. <laughs> yeah, just um, give me your RMD grade. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to this, and I'm going to give it a, a, a better try to watch okay. it. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, because I, I feel my grade's going to be a lot lower than it probably should be. I shouldn't have went in listening to somebody. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Let's just preface that with that. But I'm going to give this a 75. Um because there's elements that I did like, and I'm not totally shitting on it, it like I probably could have. Um, I think I'm just mad at myself I listened to somebody who said it was going to be like Longmire. But I'm going to give it a 75. Okay. All right. Now, did you hear about this project before I had sent you the link for the trailer? Um... I think I heard something about it, but you know how sometimes they'll mention something and then you'd never see it again. So I, it was off my radar, on my radar, off my radar, and then you sent me the link. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And then that's when you heard about the Longmire stuff. Yeah, because then I didn't get to see the, um, I didn't watch the. I, I think what do we? You said six episodes already. Yeah. So I I'm way behind, and so I kind of watched it, but I. I was watching or 
online somewhere and they're like, it's the next Longmire. I'm like, all right. And I, damn it, if I didn't get excited. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to give it another try. Maybe to a simpleton, it's the next Longmire. (laughs) Jesus. We just lost some listeners. And goodbye. (laughs) All right. So what did you give it? What was your percentage? I, I gave it a 75, but that's... That's on just my very first viewing. Uh, okay. I am going to watch it again without... I might even go to the second episode, and hopefully it'll be better for me. I'm going to give it a 79%. I, Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad grade. 79% isn't horrible. It's... Um, for new listeners out there, our Rayman Digital Review Score System essentially goes 1 to 40% equals get fisted. Thumbs down. It's just, it sucked. We hated it. There's no redeeming qualities. 41 to 70% is, it's a movie. It's not the greatest, but it's it's okay. It's average. 71 to 90% equals hell yeah. It's thumbs up. You should watch it. 91 to 100% is kick ass. It's near universal acclaim. So I feel like you're 76%. I mean, that's you're giving it a thumbs up. You're saying, hey, you know what? I want to go back. I want to watch it again and give it a second chance. And you as well, the listeners out there should watch it. Check it out. At least the first episode. And I'm going to agree with that. I feel like, I mean, as long as you know what you're getting into, this isn't Longmire. This isn't justified. This is a standard procedural cop drama, essentially, dressed up as a Western. Uh, I have enjoyed it because I watch it on Friday nights when I drink a little bit. I have my hamburger. Is that what I got to do? Yeah. Get your hamburger and fries on Friday night, which is what I do on Fridays. I have my fat night is what I call it. Fat Friday. And yeah, fat, fat Friday. And I get my Wendy's hamburger and my vanilla frosty. (laughs) I get in bed and I have a bottle of wine and I just watch mindless entertainment you know on friday night just kind of zone out because it's been a busy you know a hectic week so just know what you're watching and that's why i give it a 79 percent because it's not bad it's not insulting i I don't watch this and be like oh my god i feel like it's a decent cop drama uh with some room to grow and i have a feeling that as the show progresses if fox does not cancel it it will eventually pull back from the heavy procedural aspects and focus more on him and his, you know, political, I don't know, turmoil or political, what's the word I'm looking for? The political storm that he finds himself in. Cause honestly, that's the most interesting part is the concept itself, the story about him and where he finds himself a man who never wanted power, a man that just wanted to uphold the law now finds himself in a position of power. That's the interesting aspect, the hook. That's what has made me watch the show. And that's what makes me continue to watch each week. So I I can't guarantee I'll continue to watch the show, whether or not it maintains my interest, you know, that remains to be seen. But so far I've, I've been willing to check it out. Each week. So, all right. So this concludes our discussion on Fox's deputy starring Stephen Dorf. I want to thank everybody for listening and also please find us on Stitcher and iTunes. 
Google Play, Spotify. Just search Weird West Radio and leave us reviews. Give us thumbs up and share those links out with other people because the more interaction we get like that, it triggers those algorithms and we get seen by more eyes on the feeds. It so please, it does. It tickles the uh, the algorithms and sometimes they enjoy it and their eyes roll and they come. <laughs> Is that appropriate? So stupid. <laughs> that, that part's gonna be cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> so stupid all right thank you everybody thank you clint thank you michael and good night or said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead 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 now do you have anything to say young man yes your honor i do <clears throat> You can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs>